Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. See, I thought you were supposed to keep your friends close, but your enemies even closer. Well, I've been missing my voice too much. Welcome to Charlton Live. So, good evening to you, and welcome to uh, Charlton Live. Not live, unfortunately, uh, from the Valley. We've had um, we've had server issues this evening, so we're. Uh, we're not we're not live from the valley, but this is a uh, you know coming. We're recording here at the valley, the home uh, of the addicts and uh, a few other people. If you believe everything that you read in the voice of the valley, <laughs> uh, I'm uh, I'm Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at the valley are oh, CFC player commentator Terry Smith. How you doing, Tell? Uh, very good evening. <laughs> you all right? <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah, Excellent stuff. And uh, the first lady and only lady still wants me here of Charlton Athletic, uh, Sue. How are you doing, Sue? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, don't bet, don't bet on that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we were supposed to have a crispy as well this evening. We can't make it, unfortunately. But um, uh, yeah, and like I say, we, we haven't been able to go out live tonight. Our server's having issues. Uh, our, the guy who provides our server has nothing to do with Charlton's. There's no conspiracies here, despite the millions that are coming in on Twitter. There's no, there's no hacks emulated from Belgium or anything like that. It's just... Uh, uh, just that uh, it simply hasn't worked, and he's gone back to try and sort out his server. He, he runs his own company, but someone's been hacking his server, and, and he can't get into it. So unfortunately, we aren't we aren't able to go out live tonight. But we are going to try and keep.
keep up with the emails that have come in throughout the afternoon uh, to to our Charlton Live address. So we will have some of your people, uh, some of you guys will be able to have your say as we look back at tonight's, uh, at yesterday's draw with Blackburn Rovers. We're going to hear from Jose Riga and Morgan Fox. We're going to look back at the protest. Uh, from yesterday, I'm going to speak to Joe Reed from the Coalition Against Roland Duchatelet. That's card. Uh, and he's also, of course, from the Spell It Out in Black and White campaign. We're going to have a quick chat about the revelations in the Voice of Valley today about potential development of the Jimmy Seed stand that could include some flats. I don't know if you guys have seen that yet. I probably should have briefed you beforehand. But yeah, I'll, it would have been nice. Yeah, I'll pick that up before we, uh, <laughs> before we start. And, uh, and of course, uh, well, the last, the last bullet point I've got is we want to hear your views as well. But pointless because this is a podcast. So I think uh, first things first, we're going to have a quick look, listen back to the goals from yesterday's game. Well, it's going to be left-footed. We're on this, uh, <clears throat> we're probably sort of adjacent, parallel to the, to the right-hand edge of the Blackburn penalty area, halfway inside the half. And uh, Goodmanson will swing this in left-footed. Teixeira is there with Lennon. As is Fox, as is Watt, as is Jackson. As is Vettakeli. Free kick comes in, swung in, lovely. Vettakeli gets something on it, though does Teixeira. It'll drop, it'll drop to Lennon's in! It's in! It's a ricochet, but it's gone left of Steele. He couldn't adjust his body. The ball dropped to super striker, centre-half Harry Lennon. Who bags his first goal at the valley, I think. There's nothing still could do about it. A wicked deflection on the strike, but Charlton had the lead. Well, I was talking about that we're not the most physical team. And the ball comes in, I said to get it towards Texera. And he does brilliantly to win this second ball. He's initially headed on, I think, by Vettikele. Yeah. Texera does brilliantly to win the second ball. Drops down to Harry Lennon, who strikes, and it comes, I think, comes off Taylor. Oh, it was Taylor, yeah. I think it might have even come off his hand. It's the, diverted the ball the other way, past Jason Steele. And Charlton have a lead. Ball uh, up towards the edge of the penalty. A cousin clears it away, but it drops to Akpan. Infonce Taylor back on his left foot. Cleared away by Lennon from the shot. Back to Akpan. Berg ditches in on the challenge. Does well, but it'll drop to Duffy. Finds Akpan again on the Charlton left. Goes outside to Henley. Fox is trying to stop the cross from coming in. Doesn't do so. Ball into the box. Rose is out. Oh, a great save first. But it's gone in off the post. Super attempt to save from Henderson. But it's cannon in off the inside of the post and gone in. Oh, it's a lovely cross. I think it's from Henley. He's got to the edge of the byline, and Morgan Fox is unlucky. He's gone out there to try and close it down, but it's a fantastic cross into that man, Rhodes. He's got a free header in the end, and he's, he's guided it. And for a minute, we thought Stephen Henderson got enough on it to keep it out. He's got a touch on the ball, and just as the way sort of his luck's going, really, it looked like it was going to be a fantastic save. It's Cannon in off the inside of the post and just squirms into the net. It was unlucky. Henderson was really unlucky there. But again, it, it goes, just goes to show Charlton just needs to step up a bit more and just make sure that ball doesn't come into the box. And it did. It's a lovely ball in. And Jordan Rose has taken advantage. And Blackburn are level just before half-time. So that's just the uh, just the goals from from yesterday's games. I'm sorry for the the weird noise on the highlights. Before that played. wasn't me. Yeah, <laughs> that's just, that, that was out. me desperately trying to get on the commentary, <laughs> just in the background, You're trying making, digging in, making yeah. any noise I could make. <laughs> um, I guess in in the I've said this a few times recently uh, from my last home game. In the course of a normal season, when you play okay and you take a point, sometimes you can go, well, that's okay, I guess. We'll take the point from today. But we're getting to the stage now where one point at home is not enough, really, is it? <clears throat> well, the, yeah, the harsh truth is probably not, no. Um, but, uh, I, you can look at it slightly differently, I suppose, uh, in that uh, when you consider what we've, uh, what we've suffered in the last, what, three, four, six weeks, eight, Tim, whatever, however long it's been, especially, especially in the last three results, the Colchester, 
Huddersfield and Hull, when you consider, you put those into context, then maybe mm-hmm. a, a draw against Blackburn um, is a step in the right direction. It's a Blackburn team I'm, I'm in, playing in bad devil's form. A, I'm playing devil's advocate a, li- a little bit. But, um, yeah, of course they were. But then uh, um, Colchester weren't in that great a form either. That didn't matter. Didn't stop them, did it? <laughs> well, I, I got. To, I was I had one of my uh, mascots yesterday, the Blackburn mascot, and his dad was. Talk, we was chatting, and he, I said, when he, I, I was reminded that Jordan Rhodes played for Blackburn. I went into my, oh God, yeah, forgot used... about that. And his dad went. He went. Oh, well, don't worry about. It. He ain't scored for ages. And I went. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Uh, thanks. Thanks a lot. Yeah. And then well, he always scores he... against us, though. Doesn't <laughs> oh, he? Always. No. he just can't help himself. So there's teams. There's teams coming to the valley. Won't have won in ages, and the same same thing happens. Well, you know, and and I suppose again, I am playing devil's advocate a little bit because I do agree. You know, probably a point isn't uh, wasn't good enough. Uh, and you know, um, but if if you put it in the context of the previous results, uh, Jordan Rhodes always scores for fun against us. Thought Teixeira handled him for the most part superbly. Mm. Um, between him and Lennon, let him go once, and he scored. Uh, but that was the only time he got really got free. Yeah, that's it. He only needed him to go once. Well, really. and the cross, strike of his quality. and the cross was 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 particularly good. It was the only, again, the only time the, the guy really got behind behind us at the back, um, and he got his cross in. So the one time that they did do it, they got the, they scored out of it. So we're pretty lucky, I suppose. They didn't do it more often, but. Um, so in the context of, of where we've been in the last month uh, or two uh, and the results we've um, had to put up with over the last couple of games, um, would, I take, would I have taken a point beforehand? Actually, probably yes. <laughs> Bearing in mind what's gone on before. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And rather than, yes, I know it's a must-win, they're all must-win games now, so it's a bit of a cliche, but um, bearing in mind uh, what we've, what's happened to us over the last few weeks... <coughs> I'm not as probably disappointed as I probably should be, if you get me drift. Yeah. Mm. Uh, a couple of surprises in the starting lineup. Obviously, we, we see um, Zachariah Bergditch starting. No one saw that coming. Callum Harriet on the bench. Um, Tony Watt come back from Cardiff. I mean, in the press day on Thursday, Jose said that if he was in the right frame of mind, he'd be playing. And, well, apparently he was. I mean, I was surprised by that because, as we, we all knew, he was ready to go to Cardiff. And then they got their transfer embargo. Surprised to see him playing. Uh, we've mentioned it enough times now. I'm surprised that Devil's Etiquette didn't play as well, to be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, surprised with Tony Watt? Y- yes and, and no. Well, what did you make of the performance as well? Because I thought he was a bit anonymous, to be honest. Well, no, I, I actually thought we put a good shift in, especially first half. But second half, uh, I think, um, uh, less so. Same with um, Zachariah Bogdich. I thought first half he was probably our better player. Mm. Uh, our best player in the first half. He, he went missing a little bit in the second half. Blackburn put us under a lot more pressure, of course. Um, so I can understand why he come off, but he hasn't had a lot of game time as, either. So maybe that's the reason for that. Uh, I thought um, wasn't I wasn't at all surprised that Tashera came straight in because when you sign somebody uh, um, uh, like that, you, you're almost certain to put them straight oh, yeah. in. And I thought he had a, a damn fine game. I'd, yeah, I'd probably said probably said. Oh, just about our man of the match, um, if I'm honest. Unlike, is it Tony Watt who actually got given man of the match? Well, yeah, but I, you know, I think the thing about Tony Watt, you know, if, if you if you bring him back, um, especially with Jose Riga, he's starting with a clean slate. I think I mentioned it on commentary yesterday, so um, he's right, talked to everybody. Well, well, yeah, all right. <laughs> when uh, we all know that when Tony Watt is at his best, he's a, he's he's, a, he's almost unplayable. The fact that we we don't see that often, or didn't see it often enough beforehand, uh, was one of the prob- I guess one of the factors why he, he, he disappeared. Um, so uh, 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 Tony Watt playing very well can only help us. I think my issue with him yesterday, and I think he was he he, he did look up for it. Do you know what I mean? He was running everywhere. But I think my issue with him yesterday was that he holds on to the ball too long, and he tries to do too much because I think he wants that. He wants to be seen as the one yeah. that sort of and brought that, us back to life or whatever it is. 
So it's just that sometimes he was running and he just looked like he just kept running backwards and forwards with the ball. And then he'd run into like three players and then lose, yeah. no, lose possession where what... there were people either side of him that he could have passed out to. Yep. Um, but again, he's, what is he, 22? And uh, although he is a fantastic player, there's still things that I think as he matures, those things he will actually think, I can't do it all on my own. Yeah, because that's what I mean about that's what I mean about him being anonymous in terms of he, he did see a fair bit of the ball, but nothing came of it. It was just him running down. I dark get that. I, I get what you're saying, uh, and Sue's right, of course. You know that he did the first bit brilliantly, and then just held on to it for too long, or tried to beat another two players, and and that maybe didn't work a lot. But I think different to um, what we've had up there previously, he was getting into the into those positions at least. Him, and and he was, him uh, with uh, Igor for me is our best front pairing. I yeah, think I'd, they seem to have a good understanding. I'd sort of, of go along other. with that. I think um, if we can add Lookman into the equation at some point um, oh, yeah, uh, with his speed, yeah. w- that will always. Because what I, what seems to happen, and it certainly happened against um, uh, Hull and Huddersfield, is when when whoever we've got up front, you see them come short, uh, and it drags the centre halves out of the way. And so the theory being is that your midfield or your, your wide men then go behind and and exploit the space. Mm. Well, we do the first bit; we don't do the second bit at all. And so we don't exploit that space. Um, so that's what I think we need to resolve, more so than the strikers. Because, you know, I'm not uh, saying that um, uh, Mackinock or, or Gushanajad are better than Watt or Velikali. I, I, don't, I don't think they are, actually. I, I, I sort of agree with you that Watt and Velikali are our best, best front two. But whoever we've got up there, unless we get the wide players going past and into those spaces after they've pulled the defence apart and mm. pulled the defence away... It's it's not going to make any difference. I think with with that as well though, like I think that's where if Callum is on form, that's going to help enormously. And I obviously only just came on quite late yesterday. Johan for me still is not anywhere near where he was last season. And again, we've talked about it before. I don't know whether he's got his eyes on the Euros. Don't want to get injured or whatever it is can't fault his commitment but I just think that he's he's just not the same player since since he's had those injuries um, and whether that is playing on his mind I think part of the issue as well personally is that both even when Callum comes on you had uh, Zachary Bogdic put a real shift in in that first yeah, half I thought quality. but what you get is because he was doing that and I, th- I thought Yoen did still do that the shift defending tracking back but because we're in a position where our midfield regrettably isn't strong enough it isn't. I mean, when you consider how good we were when Diara's there, or or, uh, or Ka- when Kashi was there, mm. I mean, Diara's just a, a beast in midfield, and he, and he and he runs it. And uh, you know, unfortunately, Cousins and and Johnny uh, aren't in that same uh, mould. So we don't have that power in midfield. So therefore, the two wide players are constantly back helping out the midfield yeah, defensive yeah. side of their work, and so they're not necessarily in a position to exploit that mm. space going forward. I mean, yesterday stats: what we had two shots. On target, yeah. out of six, um, it's um, it's not good enough, to, and and that won't get us out of this trouble. But then, you know, I I think, as you know, I always like to look at the positives. As do I, mostly. And I think I would I would take that as as a good result, considering the two two results prior to that. Not so much the Colchester one, but but definitely the Hull and Huddersfield games. And I think now. It was almost like you could see a little bit of confidence creeping back in and a little bit more stability. And I think the back four, 
<coughs> for me, that's, that's the best I've seen the back four play for a long time. And I, I don't know whether that's because of George coming in and that's given... Because I think Morgan yesterday, I know he gets some stick, but I thought Morgan was back to his his usual reliable self yesterday. You can, if I'm wrong. No, no, me. no. I, 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 I agree with that. I think, unfortunately, the, the one uh, the one time he switched off a little bit, um, both Morgan and uh, Bergdich, was uh, for the cross for the goal. I mean, it's right, the yeah. only time we got beat down that left hand side was then. Up to that point, and and even after that point, I'd agree with you. I thought uh, I thought the back four were immense. Yeah, Hendo came quite close to keeping out there. Yeah, guys, I, know. I thought I thought for a, for a split second he did, I thought he saved it. it. And yeah. I think it just actually helped it in for money because the way he went, um, he he sort of he, he touched it and it just sort of crept crept in off the end of his hand. Almost a world class save. Almost. Almost. Uh, I'll go a bit scrappy, I guess. A suspicion of handball. I was still appealing for handball when it went in. <laughs> um, he didn't uh, like handballs yesterday, did he? That ref. Uh, oh, it, I've got a question about that, by the way. Oh yeah. Well, not about the handball, just about the, that the one ref? incident. The, well, the ref. The Elliot yeah, Bennett incident. Who, towards yeah, the end. It looked like a Teletubby, but um, the uh, yeah. The, how can you give a free kick when the goalkeeper dives full length to head a ball uh, and collides? Oh, that one. Oh, and collides, Reza, collides, yeah. collides Reza, who was actually trying to get out of the way because he bottled it. <laughs> Uh, how could you give a free kick? How is that possible? It, it it was a few of his decisions. I think in, for both sides, he didn't help either um, side. Oh, no, I'm not saying he was biased. Decisions. He was just rubbish. Yeah, yeah. He was just Paul, rubbish. Paul, Paul Lambert was convinced that Elliot Bennett should have had a penalty at the end. Oh, yeah. He went down quite easily, and he, I think he gave away a free kick for handball because he thought he'd won a penalty. But shouldn't yeah. we have had a penalty? It was handball in the area. Yeah, I, couldn't, I didn't really see that properly. Yeah, uh, it, I mean, his hand, it did hit his hand, certainly. This was in the second half, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember who hit it, but he, he hit his hand. Um, it looked like it was out to they me. They were convinced. I haven't seen it, I haven't seen the players were convinced, yeah. uh, but I couldn't see it properly from where I was, um, and because uh, it was on the far side. Um, so I, you know, I, I can't really comment. I don't think. But um, uh, I actually, for the first, I don't know, half an hour, I thought the referee was having quite a good game because he was letting the game flow. He wasn't making silly Not bookings. Not many bookings. Or, yeah, exactly. It was he kept that one his, book in the whole so game, not there? I actually thought, oh, this could be good, but then something happened. I don't <coughs> quite what he just went off. The, he just went off the deep end. Yeah. Bless him. So let's have a listen to what Jose Riga had to say. He came in to speak to Terry after yesterday's game. Now joined by uh, Jose Riga after the one-all draw at home to Blackburn. And uh, Jose, how did, what was your take on that? I mean, I'm sure you wanted the win, but uh, do you see it as a step in the right direction or, t- or two points lost? No, you know, when you are coming from 2 5-0, 6-0, I mean, certain you can't see it and no one score. And we take the lead this time. Of course, I was more disappointed that we concede just before half-time, which is always a bad moment, let's say. After, what I, what I wanted to say today, to see today, of course, I wanted the three points. You can imagine I want the win and same idea about the player. When I saw the dressing room after the game, nobody was laughing. I mean, they were disappointed, but I told them that they have to remember from which situation we are coming. And what I wanted to see today is a team, is a real commitment, is a real um, competitive uh, squad. And so I saw it, I saw it. Of course, um, if you speak about the way we have to face with an opponent, with one way to do, with long ball, with a a lot of duels, we are not the most powerful team. But uh, I saw what I wanted to see. Uh, the players wanted the same and, and uh, were looking for the same. That's the first step, for sure. That's the first step. It's not because you want that you will receive. I'll res- <laughs> repeat the same. But if we are in the, in the right direction, yeah, for sure. 
We had uh, three players coming in today which haven't, who haven't featured much uh, for us this season. You've got uh, Teixeira, the new signing at the back, uh, uh, Bogdic uh, on the left-hand side, and of course Tony Watt uh, up front. You must have been delighted with the performances of all three, really. Yeah, let's say I would be also delighted, pleased with all the players uh, staying on the bench because for me, first of all, it's the mentality the most important. And you can only tell on the quality of the player in a good sphere, a good context, you know. And uh, yes, they were my choice. It's true that Texira for his first game didn't know nothing about championship, but of course uh, I knew that he can compete just because his profile and, and, and we show just before the game images, clips. Uh, Zach does his job also, Tony also, but I must say it was a team with this job because we cannot speak uh, in this kind of situation about individual performances. I think we have to speak about, again, team spirit, what we are looking for, what we try to to do today. And yeah, that that's what I saw. I, I'm pleased with this. I'm pleased with this because now it's a real step forward. Of course, we are. it's a long way. It's a long way to go. But, you know, if you don't have first the mentality, if you don't want first to achieve something together, because it's a collective sport, if you are not looking like a squad, like a team, believing in your teammates and also in yourself and in the staff, you're going nowhere. The last time you came in, um, we uh, we had a, an instant reaction and we won a great run and, and pulled ourselves out of trouble. Uh, do you see the same uh, mental approach possible from, from this collection of players that you've got now? You're coming in back again again. Uh, and we need a similar sort of reaction. Sure. Do you feel that uh, you have uh, the, the players in the squad that can give you that reaction? You know, um, I want, I want this, I want this because, okay, it's not the same situation for sure. And uh, till the first time, there are a lot of unstable things happen, and and of course, but I think, and I'm sure that by what we are doing, by the message that first the staff, myself, want to give to the player, the fans, reaction, all the people involved in Charlton, I'm sure if we want all the same and we go in this direction with the same will, with the same belief, with the same commitment, yeah, we can, we can do it again. Was there a concern from the players' point of view that uh, they come to a game today uh, with not really knowing what the fans' reaction may have been uh, to their performance, um, I think the fans would have uh, would have put that to rest because I think uh, they supported the team uh, superbly today. Sure, I fully agree, and believe me, even I, I I knew that maybe there was some protest and everything. Not really focused on it. I was not looking even why or, but I mean, I was quite confident in what the fans can give and and will give. And, and they did it. And for me, it's so important, ev- even even more than the team, because we need both. We need both. For the rest, I'm just busy with the sportive uh, aspect, of course. And and I don't want only to put my focus on what's my job. But, but I'm pleased, for sure, with the reception of the fan, what they did during the game. And I said to you, it, the first step, it's 18 now. Um, games to to, to to go and and I believe that 
this this way. Of course, we can improve with more confidence, with with another good result, and so on. But you know, we have only to compete against our opponent. We've got uh, a clutch of games coming up, probably including today against teams around uh, where we are. Uh, Points-wise, there's a little bit of a gap, but generally speaking, in the table around where we are, do you see this sort of next four or five games crucial to where we are the rest of the season? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Each game is important, and I tell always to the player, we have first to be preoccupied by our result, our performance, and then we can have a look on the on the ranking, uh, a good look. I mean, nothing can happen. But we know also that um, we have more team now, um, let's say, involved in the in the battle for relegation. So, at the end, I prefer because you know. Um, more team it's mean that you have more possibility and not only fighting against three now uh, for the rest again we have to be focused on our job we know that the next game can be difficult we know also that after this period we will have three games uh, a week so it can be also very difficult and I hope that also for this moment I can I can also uh, have the comeback of, of Alu Diara of uh, Bauer Maybe it can also be our best transfer that, that we can we can have for for this fight because they have a lot of experiences. So I just want to stay on positive thoughts, knowing that of course we have to do we have to improve we have to. But again, again, in our situation, what we did this afternoon, what we were looking for, even when you don't receive what you what you're looking for, a win, three points, and everything was the right direction. Yeah, well, not the three points we, we necessarily wanted, but uh, a point, uh, the first one of your, 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 your second stint here. Congratulations on getting that, at least. And let's hope it's the first of many. Thank you. Appreciate you coming much. in. Thank, Thank you. you. Cheers, Jose. That was Jose Riga there. It was kind enough to come in and speak to Terry after yesterday's game here in the Chopin Live studio at the Valley. Um, uh, I guess you could say, yeah, he, he seems to have had some impact in the week since the whole game, which, which is positive. Yeah, I think the uh, uh, the influx of um, new bodies in the side would have helped. Uh, certainly, the signing of Teixeira, who um, we we desperately needed a uh, a rock at the back, and uh, hopefully he can provide that. Hopefully, it's not just a one-off, <laughs> and it'll go forward and, and, and have a decent impact. So, uh, and what is I think he uh, he might be slightly fortunate with if Bauer. I mean, I don't know how far away Bauer is. Probably still a few a few weeks, I would guess, because he had the operation. Diara maybe closer. Cashy's probably still. I'm probably th- thinking about the forgetting him for the season. I would. I would guess. Yeah, yeah. I, Lou, Lou <coughs> and uh, Pat were at the game yesterday. Has anyone actually seen Cashy for a while? I've Is seen. He, I yeah. saw him. I think he I came for one Christmas. game. Um, but wasn't he getting treatment abroad? I know he had to have an operation, and then there was ongoing treatment after that. Pat so. had his operation <coughs> in Germany. But yeah, he's did come yeah. Back. Mm. Um, he came to the game yesterday and so did Alain. So, you know, if we can get Diara back in that midfield, we're now with um, Teixeira there and then with Bauer coming back as well, we'd be so much more solid. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Uh, and so in that respect, um, he may have uh, he may have struck a, a little bit of a, um, a lucky break. Mm. But it needs to happen soon, of course. We, um, <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> yes, OK. Uh, obviously, we're not live, so we can't take... Um, 
uh, can't take any tweets or stuff. We have got a few emails that are coming throughout the day, and Paul Griffiths is one that starts off about the game, so I thought I'd just go with that one first. He says, Dear gang, well, after the run of dreadful results to me, and I know options are decided amongst the faithful here, it was a massive improvement. Starting with the game, I'm delighted to have Tony Watt back. Everyone, uh, everyone who gets the ball, you start to think something exciting might happen. I thought Teixeira had a good debut, and he looked solid. He seemed to be doing a good job organising the back four, something missing in recent months. He looked very strong in the tackle. And for me, a good signing. Talking to people around me yesterday, everyone convinced we paid two million for Navisar. Anyone know if this is true? I remember at the time there was a Portuguese newspaper that put two point five million euros on it, which I think I worked out to be about one point seven million pounds we paid for Navisar. What do you make of that? <laughs> well, <laughs> in retrospect, not the best bit of business we've ever done. But you know, I feel a bit for him because you can tell there's a player there. Uh, but to be thrust in at the championship yeah. um, at a young age from abroad, I think is a bit harsh on, well, on anybody, let alone... Uh, some of, even some of our own young players have sort of struggled, haven't they? get used to here at the Valley at the moment, unfortunately. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, it's, uh, it's not his fault, I think, is what I'm getting at. And uh, I hope it doesn't affect him as a, as a player. I think, uh, you know, every now and again, and I think you said it, there was one particular game where we lost, but he, he actually yeah, played really well. I think it was well. Brentford, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you thought, oh, well, you know, we've seen a good player in there, so hopefully it can go forward. But then when a team's not playing well, it's going to affect uh, anybody, and especially a young a, a mm. young player from abroad. Mm. So um, I'm hoping that, um, you know, if he can hang around for a year, uh, two years, maybe uh, just get used to the pace of it, uh, he'll, he'll be a better player. How about loaning him out to a League Two side? How do you think he'd get on? He'll be playing for one soon enough, to be fair. I the way the rate we're going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's still the same problem. I think it, it's probably better to learn um, uh, here for or stay here in and around the squad for a little while. Maybe come on as the old sub appearance when mm. he has to uh, cover for injuries, and then just train uh, constantly. <clears throat> Uh, and be part of the setup I just, I just, because I think you'll have the same problem if he goes out on loan. It's going it's, it's to be the same issue, right? Because I just wonder because obviously some of our boys have gone out like Harry Lennon for one, going out on loan to Gillingham, done him wonders. I thought he I was agree with that as well. Actually. So I just I just do wonder, even though he's from abroad, whether it it does because we we've said that in weeks gone by, haven't we? Where at Unfortunately, now our academy lads are not getting those opportunities to go out on loan because they're needed in the like to learn their trade, as you might say, and then come back with a bit of confidence. They're being thrown into a, a situation that, that that's not ideal for for lads that are like twenty, twenty one years old. I sort of agree with that. I think if he I mean, if he was homegrown, I'd, I'd probably have more reason. I'd, you know, I'd, I would one hundred percent agree. I just think the fact that he's come from uh, from abroad might be just a little bit too tough for him yeah yeah no well, the, re- the rest of um paul's emails about the protest so we'll come back to that in a bit and lisbon says uh hi guys now a group of us always tune in we're hooked it's a great show and credit to you all as i believe you are very fair in sharing all sides of the event no conflict of interest in doing that we hope <laughs> uh, uh i'm as keen as some of my fellow fans sorry customers to know more about the louis situation we hate rumors and hope you can explain it before it all got out of context Base, okay very quick one um anyone who doesn't know i've been asked to stop doing the commentary for the club um i write for the south london press i work for bbc london uh, normally away games they're hoping to start doing their home games now as well uh obviously i do this show and i do a few other things um and basically obviously when i'm writing in the south london press it's cons- uh, obviously i can write what i want and it's considered that what i say isn't always in line with the club's the view of how they see themselves and obviously that's that's what i have to do when i work for south london press and i'd be lying to myself and lying to to everyone who read it if i didn't put what i believed 
uh, and that's what's uh, that's why I've been asked to step aside because it's a conflict of interest. And in a way, in a way, I, I agree. It probably is um, that I might personally, my interest has never been conflicted. I've always written what I wanted to say when I was commentating. I just say what I saw on the pitch. Yeah, I don't think um, <clears throat> I don't think that I don't think people should. Uh, um, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't want to mm. speak for you, by the way. Uh, but um, I don't think we've ever um, commentated on a game. Where we haven't said if we're not playing well or yeah, you know, exactly. We, yeah. we don't dress it up as saying we're fantastic, but we've lost six 0 That's never yeah. going to work, is it? Uh, so I don't think we've ever dressed it up. I think <clears throat> probably from the club's point of view, and I'm guessing because I'm not a party to what the decision was, but uh, is that when you when Louis got um, the BBC head on or the South London Press or, or, or whoever you might be, you've got to ask questions that uh, they expect you to ask. Yeah. You've got to. Whereas when I'm doing the, the post match, as you know, you heard with Jose there. I'm still working, not working for the club, it's probably not the right phrase, but I'm still representing the club, let's say. Mm. Um, so I can't ask those questions. You know, I, I wouldn't be if I asked those questions, then we'd stop, they'd stop letting me ask it. <laughs> Simple as that. You know, we know that. So um, it's, a, it, it's a different kettle of fish almost. So <clears throat> I think what, um, again, what I'm guessing, but you know, from where the club's coming from, where, how they see it, whether they're right or wrong is, is for other people to decide, I guess, uh, is that uh, when you're being overcritical, then uh, you can't necessarily be seen to be within the club's sphere um, yeah. and, and being representing the club, as it were. <clears throat> I, I think I think you can get away with it. Depends on um, uh, the situation we're in at the moment. I think is, is, if, the, is if, the key. If, here. if we were floating around in mid-table and everything was fine, and obviously this, this exactly decision right. wouldn't be something that, that would have had to be made. But unfortunately, it's not the case, and the club the club in my view, don't want to be represented by me on, in terms of their commentary by someone who's obviously, you know, has I'd, to have the knives out yeah, at certain times. Yeah, and I did, I did a piece about <clears throat> Carol the other day which released quite a lot of information that people didn't already know about Carol, but as a journalist, I found that out and I had the duty to release it and it was a good story. That's not what the club want out there. And, and I, I understand completely where, where they've come from there. Um, just on, perhaps on the other side, if you look at it from the other point of view, if you think, well, the product itself, which I was trying to provide for the club was a match commentary and I've never had any major complaints apart from one person <laughs> for reading out the Bromley score but I've never had any major complaints so if you look at it in a, in a single entity I was providing a service to the Chelton fans which they wanted but by taking me away from it there's still going to be other people to do of course, it so of course that's it's, true. Not, it's not going to stop um, but you know it's a shame that I feel like it's a shame that I can't still do that for the fans who I hope enjoyed my commentary, but at the same time I can understand it from the other point of view. They don't. It must be a bit embarrassing to have someone who officially works for the unofficially sort of represents the club in that sphere and also writes stuff about them in the paper. So that's that's hopefully clarified that one uh, for you all. There is no truth in the rumour that it's because you owe me a milkshake. <laughs> I still yeah. owe you that milkshake. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah. Yeah. You still <laughs> ate pomegranates at yeah. away games. Well, that that was no. no. I never did. No, no, that was no, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it was a weird day. Well, that was the, the, the day I <laughs> for the milkshake was the day we were supposed to pull over to announce something that never yeah, got announced. Never, it? never <laughs> happened, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that hopefully Lisbon's got to the bottom of your um and uh, so, uh, as as I've already said on on the forum and on Twitter, it is a conflict of interest thing, and I hope that'll be. There is a the Chris Davin email by the way before Paul Griffiths one that uh, if yeah. you, Do you want me to do it? Or do oh, I'm do it? just going to finish off Lisbon's one because yeah, he okay. goes on to talk about what happened on the pitch. He says on the pitch for me we were labouring yes better and the players showed some heart. Love Jacko rallying the troops in the injury time break. I do like Tony Watt, and yes, he could improve and release the right ball at times. Is, 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 is he somehow listened to this been, How can he listen to this? It's <laughs> weird, isn't it? But how, how uh, refreshing is it to have someone take risks? Can't see us having the ability or depth of character to get out of this. I don't mind Riga. He is trying and is better with the media, which I agree, uh, compared to Carroll. But he's not a seasoned championship manager, and that was yet another huge mistake 
one of uh, so many incompetent does a cover and he's going to talk about the protests as well so I'm going to come back to the, the other half of those emails uh, with the protests if, if you've got a non-protest email then so. oh no Chris Davin just emailed about the game um, said uh, he saw yesterday, uh, yesterday's game as an improvement on the last two games uh, couldn't have been worse than Huddersfield and Hull and Blackburn looked weaker uh, than both by uh, in a significant way. Uh, it was a very average performance. No one played poorly, but no one really shone. The Jacko rallying cry didn't really work for me, uh, says Chris. Uh, there were no biting challenges or urgency from either side, and let's face it, Blackburn are only six points off the bottom three themselves. Obviously, we were organised OK at the back. No Williams or Johnson, which is a good move from Riga. Hopefully, neither play for us again. So a point gained with Bolton winning. We sink further into the abyss. I thought uh, pre-match we needed to win all our home games from now on, and we didn't. And again, created next to nothing, so it's not looking good, according to Chris. Thanks, That's Chris. why I agree. The creation of chances yesterday was, especially in the second half, I, I, I can't remember one. I can't remember a chance that we created. I think we had one uh, from... Or maybe when Igor, Igor got in behind, yeah. yeah and that, that was and it, really. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. and that's, um, uh, that is still a worrying sign. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Absolutely. But, uh, I mean, obviously, you have, to start, you have to spill from the back, though, so at least we've got that organisation and we've stopped conceding goals. Ben McNeil says, Hi, all felt Riga got the team noticeably more organised. The players seemed to know where and what they were meant to do, even without having to pre- uh, pass notes from the manager to Jacko midway through the game. <laughs> even the subs made sense. Uh, what was his usual self? Ambitious and exciting, but not always able to provide an end product. I'd rather have an inconsistent Tony Watt causing trouble than watching him doing it for someone else. Overall, much better, albeit uh, against uh, a Blackburn side that offered very little in that department. This doesn't change matters off the pitch, though. Riga has come in and proven potential recruitment's uh, failings yet again, immediately dropping all of our most recent signings from the previous regime. It's all about Johnson, Poyer and Williams there. Uh, just as he did last time out. Excellent showing from the protesting masses, providing it can be done with respect and intelligence, something the leadership at the top seems to be lacking in the ejection of supporters from the ground for their peaceful approach to the problems through banners with no offensive language, imagery or personal insults. Whilst I understand there may have been policy to play, it was not the most intelligent thing timing in, uh, thing in timings uh, in terms of public relations between the owner and the support. And we're certainly going to come on to that situation uh, in a few moments' time when we talk about the, um, the protests. I think we're going to hear... Uh, just to p- draw a line underneath the game itself, we're going to hear from Morgan Fox. He popped in to speak to Terry quickly yesterday. Joined by uh, Morgan Fox after the one-all draw uh, at home to Blackburn. And Morgan, uh, thanks for p- coming in to see us. Uh, how did you see that went? It's a, a fairly new uh, lineup at the back uh, for you to deal with. Yeah, yeah I think um, Tex, as we call him, has come in done well um, today. I think obviously we haven't had much sort of much time to integrate him in, but um, I thought he did brilliant when he was in there today. Um, just what we need really no nonsense centre half and I think he can show he can do it in a champ after that game today um, but yeah all across the back I think we were solid um, shame to concede the goal but you know it's, it's a lot less than it was than we were and we're sort of uh, stepping in the right direction now Was there a determination uh, certainly from the, from the back line you've been under uh, a bit of pressure in recent uh, weeks and months uh, a determination uh, to see the game out without, uh, without conceding as many as we have Yeah definitely I think always you look to keep a clean sheet first. Um, in recent weeks, we haven't been doing that well enough. Um, today as well, I think we were disappointed when we conceded. It shows you know, the direction that we're going in now. Um, 
but yeah, obviously clean sheets come first, and then we want to go on and get our wins. Uh, new manager coming in, Jose Riga. Of course, uh, we know him from from before. Um, how has the situation changed around the training ground and the, and the dressing room? Yeah, I think obviously a lot of the boys or a few boys know him from before. Um, we did well under him before when he came in. We got some good results, so we're looking for that again. Really, um, he's got the boys working really hard in training. We've been in a week doing sort of double sessions and stuff, and that's what we need to do. We've really got to dig in now and fight. Do you see this as uh, I mean maybe two points lost, but a point gained and, and, and a step in the right direction? Yeah, I think so. I think they were there for the taking. Um, I think we would like to, have, you know, come away with a three, obviously. Um, but yeah, definitely a step in the right, right direction with the point here today. Well, I appreciate you coming in and speak to us, yeah, uh, Morgan. I've got other things to do, so I'll let you go. Cheers. <laughs> thanks, mate. Cheers. Craig Hurd-Grant, can he get across into the middle? He can. There's Custers in the bottom post. Yeah! Custers on the With a goal yeah! in the 96th minute. Charlton Live. Welcome back to the Charlton Live podcast here. <laughs> Unfortunately, not able to go out live on this Sunday evening due to issues with our server, which our server guy is uh, unable to um, sort out in time for the show this evening because he was swimming. Can I just explain about <coughs> Morgan Fox? Because I wasn't supposed to interview him at all. <laughs> uh, it's, um, he, he, came, he was going to come in before Jose Riga into the press room. Uh, but Paul Lambert was still in there. So they came into this room, which is right beside it, uh, as a sort of holding pen. So I just grabbed him. Uh, it, nobody was expecting Hooray. Well, you know what I mean. I t- seize the opportunity and all that. The referee <laughs> wouldn't have even given a free kick. <laughs> no, exactly, yeah. Uh, so uh, I started doing it for him, and then Jose Regal walked in <laughs> to the, uh, behind him. They were stacked up. Uh, and so then Paul Lambert finished. So I had a quick. Uh, so somebody had to go out, and they chose. Uh, um, Morgan at first it's unusual for the player to come out in there yeah, all a bit frantic it was Yeah, uh, right let's um, obviously draw a line I think under action on the pitch yesterday plenty of action off of it uh, yesterday of course it was the um, the coalition against Roland du Chatelet card as they uh, announced it's their first flash protest which was announced at midday um, and the protest was uh, to buy no food and drink and programmes inside the ground basically not to spend a penny uh, inside the ground uh, apart from obviously on your match ticket, and it's uh, a novel thing. I think uh, we know that Rick Everett particularly mentioned that the, the card are trying to. They, they, they want to make this club unmanageable for the owners, so that f- so effectively they force them out. I get, <clears throat> I get it, and and, uh, and and any action, I suppose, when you, when you're in that uh, um, when you're in the in the protest vein and you want to take action, um, it's uh, it it if it mobilises fans, which uh, which certainly the. Uh, um, uh, Card has done uh, as as a few others have done as well, so I've got no problem with that per se. I'm not sure. The only thing I think, uh, if I'm hundred percent honest, I'm just not sure how much effect it'll have. That's all. Um, but what it does do, uh, and this is good, it's a sh- well. it's a show of strength, a show of sign. Mm. Uh, it, it shows that supporters aren't happy, and that's key. Um, so if it's if it's a step in the in the direction where they want to go, fine. I've got, I've, you know that that's great. Mm. But um, how much of a, an effect? Because I know some people say, well, hurt them in the pocket. That's where it'll hurt. They got too much money for that to work. I think, yeah. I think embarrassment possibly might work. Mm. I mean, it's uh, it, for, for starters, it's obviously the, the first thing they're planning on ramping yeah, up. We'll yeah. hear we'll hear from Joe in a bit, and um, a lot of people were saying yesterday, oh, you know, the, the the food is sourced out, and therefore it wouldn't affect the club. Well, the, the club do get a bit of commission. They must do, yeah, yeah. But it's it's I think it was more about trying to ruin the relationship between that's, the the company mm. who provide the food. I can't remember what they're called, and and the club themselves. And that's what I think. I assume that they're going to try and do is try and get as many sponsors, uh, people who provide services, try and get as many of these people upset with the club themselves if they're not being able to bring in a crowd who bring in 
the money to these companies who pay money to to sell food here and i think that's the start of it and that's uh you know if, if they're going to make the, the club unmanageable and hopefully um you know if, if they ever do that then that, that that might force roland's hand into selling and i think that's what they're they're hoping to do um there was another situation during the game uh, obviously there's a massive protest after which we all, we we we're used to now we see that and um, i think this was the biggest by be, far. Be, yeah it seemed, seemed even bigger than the the, for, oh, the forest one. definitely i think yeah, but there was, there was a situation during the game, and it's already alluded to on, on an email we had a few moments ago. There was a sign held up in the north upper which said, we want our Charlton back, and it was hung over. Um, and obviously, and we, we all know um, a lot of football grounds, they have issues where I think it was over an Andrews Heat for Hire sponsorship board, and they didn't want their band, their Andrews, prob- well, they're Charlton fans, so they might have wanted, but they, they, <laughs> they didn't particularly, the, the club series, that they wouldn't want their advertising covered up by a banner. Obviously, in the current climate, taking down a banner like that, you know exactly what reaction it's going to get, and it seems almost um, a bit... Pro- like was- I think there are two issues here, mm. um, and I don't know enough about it, so I'm only going to say what I do know. Uh, and uh, that's It could be seen the- as provo- Yeah, I agree, I, and I do agree with that, uh, by the way. Um, but by all accounts, the, 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 the banner was asked to be taken down, and they did, as far as I'm aware. Uh, it, it got taken down once. Um, now, whether or not they warned them not to do it again, I don't know. Um, that I don't know, but the banner went back up a second time. So then was when it got um, to the flashpoint of uh, of taking uh, both the banner down and the people out. I don't agree. I, you know, I think that's um, so overkill. It's unreal. Um, there are also talks that um, uh, or people saying that there were scuffles and uh, people got uh, hit and stuff. Uh, I don't know if that's true, um, and it's something that certainly should be investigated because it shouldn't happen. Absolutely shouldn't happen. They're um, not police, the stewards are not police officers. Exactly so they right have for a start. No right to manhandle. But not just that. I, I happen to know the the, the the fans that were there. Not not personally, by the way. I know mm-hmm. who they are because we used to sit behind them in the north upper in, in the covered end. Uh, from further back, my sister was very close to them. Uh, further down, uh, and they've been coming to Charlton for for, for years, and and the lady especially. Um, so you know, and and as as people have said, it wasn't offensive. It wasn't it wasn't rude. There wasn't any bad language on it. So it's it was just a banner. Now, yes, there, if there are rules in place, you've got to take it off, fine. Uh, and if, if that means taking the banner away and disposing of it, fine. Ejecting people for it? And, and if it wasn't done in a, in, a, in a violent way, that's just out of order. That's wrong. Yeah, Absolutely. Like, and, like, and you're right, in the current climate, it doesn't help anybody, does it? It just provoked reaction. Yeah, and we saw it. And it, it, provoked, it provoked the, yeah, the first and arguably the, lar- the largest stand-up, if you want the out chant, that went around the whole ground. And even the Blackburn fans were joining in with the applause. So we've seen... We've seen so much national media coverage yesterday. And I was sat in that press room yesterday getting ready to go up and do my South London press work. And uh, Katrine was in there speaking to a few uh, press people as well. So I don't know if she was trying to curry favour again because her reputation and uh, Roland's reputation is being dragged through the mud by the English press at the moment. And obviously that can't be nice for them. No, it can't be. And they've got to do some bridge building uh, by uh, by some distance. Um, whether you can do that with supporters now is, is difficult to, to gauge. Probably not at the moment. Uh, so um, if they if they're in it for the long, you know we have to assume they're in it for the long term, and uh, and they must believe that bridges can be built. Well, this isn't the right way to start, I mean, and and it's got to start. Um, all right, the the Rotherham free coach might be a way of their way of of starting that. Maybe I don't know. Um, it's something that we used to do in the past, and is is a damn fine idea. If you look at the other times we've done it, it's always been when the club is fl- flourishing. Yes, I mean, of course. Paul yeah. Bale away, I think we were in, is that the season we got into the playoffs? Yeah, or was yeah, it the season yeah. we won the league? I can't remember. Uh, Blackburn, it was a, 
Uh, well, actually, Blackburn, we were still in the Premier League, but that was a, a relegation. I think what we do have to slightly check, though, uh, um, um, is you know the decision that was made to, for that to happen. Did it come from that high? I find it very difficult to, to believe that a decision would have come from somebody in the director's box. You know, those sort of decisions are made by people in the security box by the um, Jimmy Seed stand. Uh, so uh, that's where those sort of decisions, they, they monitor everybody in the crowd. Uh, and so that control room is the one that makes it, they've got the police officers in it and, and well, the club. hundreds club. of CCTV yeah. cameras uh, everywhere, so they can zoom in on an individual and the club state. stadium officer, I presume, is in there overseeing yeah. events. So that decision would have come from that box, I'm guessing, mm. not yeah. from necessarily from the director's seats. Um, so if I'm wrong, of course, I'll have to hold me up and say I'm wrong. But... Um, so, that, I mean, I think something needs to be done. I, I'd, I'd like to think that the club will, will look at that and say, uh, you know... Apologise if there's Well, apologise, certainly apologise if anybody got uh, got bullied or, or, or hit, absolutely. Um, they shouldn't be banned from the ground at all. Uh, the, you know, the banner is, is, you know, they should be reprimanded, I suppose, you know, if I'm putting a banner over a sponsor stand. I'd like to know, what uh, if it's Andrew's heating, I'd be like to know what they think about it, whether they're Just, overly bothered. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, another thing that'll be interesting because obviously Andrews Heating are Charlton supporting yeah, firm, absolutely. From, what, from what I understand. Well, like, what, what they, what, how they view this sort of situation might, might make them well, not to, decide not to renew their lease of their sponsorship. We have to be careful up. as a club, and I don't. It does, you know, this isn't about the owners particularly either. Uh, I'm talking about all of us as a club that we don't let this get so out of hand that it gets impossible to uh, to come back from. Do you know what I mean? So, as know, in a new owner wouldn't be able in, to rebuild a club. A, a bit like that, yeah. But you know, so the fans don't get so alienated by um, who's here now that they don't ever come back, regardless of what happens. Yeah. that's one. Two, that the owner, that the supporters don't get so out of hand that no other owner wants to come in and take us on because of of, uh, of I, worried about the uh, supporter reaction. Yeah, well, I'm sure. I'm sure they'd understand that it's the current situation is based purely on the owner and you'd the hope CEO. so you'd hope so purely. at the moment i think that's and that's what the um that's what the fans are, are, are portraying no problem mm. at all <clears throat> and i just hope we we all don't go down a road where we can't come back from and it's not like Charlton are a one-off in this case there's well that's true numerous other clubs around europe who've had the same situation with the same uh man right i, uh, I wanted to find out uh the, the coalition against roland du chatelet i think it was formed it was formed after the forest game after the the last home game there was various different uh, sub little groups like the the black and white campaign, the Charlton Life Forum, the Voice of the Valley uh, fanzine, and the anti Roland demos on Twitter have all joined together. And if I've missed anyone out there, apologies. But I um I wanted to try and get an interview with uh, with someone from the uh, the coalition against Roland du Chatelet, uh, and I bumped into to Joe Reed, who was uh, formerly of the and probably still is of the black and white campaign. He's running side by side now with the uh, the coalition against Roland du Chatelet. And this was Joe told me before yesterday's uh. Uh, game as he was building up to the uh, the the, uh, the handing out of loads of scarves and and the uh, the protests after the game. I'm joined by Joe Reed from the, the Spell It Out campaign and now Card, the Coalition against Roland Du Chatelet. I mean, what, what's what's the purpose that, that Card are trying to achieve? Well, I think there was there was so much going on uh, from so many different sources. People trying to organise protests, you know, ourselves with the scarves and the two percent with Voice of the Valley. That we kind of felt like a united front uh, where we all pulled in the same direction and all could bring the expertise we have in different areas so um, together. So that was kind of how that came about. And we kind of thought if if we have if the fans see one united front to get behind and fight for, it can kind of lift spirits really within the fan base. And one of the first things that the card have, have achieved so far is a petition that, that came online on Thursday and it's started very well already, hasn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, really pleased with that. I mean, there's always a risk, especially with the the 2% claim. There's always a risk that it doesn't go well and it it backs up the evidence of the 2%. So, um, you know, you're always a little bit nervous when it goes live, but it went really well. I mean, we had, I think it was 2,500 in the first day and I think it's about 3,500 something now. So, yeah, it's good. And another um, another sort of part of what, what you're trying to achieve is, is the flash protest, the uh, announcing of protests at 12pm on a home game. First one announced today, which is asking fans not to buy any food or drink or programmes inside the stadium. Uh, well, what's the thinking behind the, the sort of flash protest? Yeah, well, I mean, we, we decided that uh, about the, you know, the catering boycott and the programme boycott, we thought that was a good way to go, but we, we thought to ourselves that if we announce that in advance, then the caterers can get in less stock and the club can print less programmes. So we thought we'd announce it at 12 and it gave us an idea to actually just run with that and do that at every home game. So, you know, we're, we're at a starting point now, which this protest, if it goes well, will you know, we'll cause some infighting really with the, the um, outsourced catering company, with them knocking on Katrine's door. So the thought behind the 12pm uh, protest is just to garner some sort of hype around it, especially as when I arrived here at the Valley today at about uh, half 12, 1 o'clock, there were loads of stewards just waiting, you know, basically they'd been paid for to be here early um, when they weren't actually needed. And uh, so... You know, it's just about causing, you know, causing a little bit of disruption, really. Yeah, I mean, there was a quote from Rick Everett about making the club unmanageable, and that's, I guess, what, what you're trying to achieve in this sort of vein. Yeah, 100%. I mean, m- making it impossible to run on a day-to-day basis, you know. I mean, it's nothing illegal. We haven't done anything wrong, but it's still made... It's made the jobs difficult of the people here, so, you know... Uh, th- that is that is the main aim, really, making the club unmanageable. And a bit, a bit more um, civil unrest in the form of uh, how, how many scarves is it you hand out today? Black and white scarves. Seven hundred and fifty of them. And looking over there now, there's a <laughs> there's a big group, there's of, people a huge group of people waiting, and it's still, as we speak, fifteen minutes until we said we hand them out. So that's good news that people seem to be seem to be waiting there. Yeah, and of course, this isn't this isn't the end of what's going to happen today. There's the five o'clock protest today. No, hundred percent. The fi- five p.m. protest. I mean, that is. You know, it's important as anything, and if we can get the numbers like we did last time, and maybe more, um, it can only be a good thing to show that we're not going away. Yeah, and you expect to these, especially the, the midday protests, to be ramped up as as the season goes on. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we can you can't use all of our tactics on the first day. I mean, it's, it's sort of like the first step on the ladder. I mean, you know, we have plenty of scope to to move forward with this, and 12pm um, on a home match day could be something that people look forward to a little bit more than what we're seeing at 3pm. There we go. There, speaking to uh, to Joe Reed, um, eighteen years old, and he's helped to. Uh, he's, he's been a major player in the organisation of all these um, protests and all the different things. The black and white scarf stuff. He um, he started. Well, he didn't. He, ben Hayes started out, but he he sort of really ran with it, and he's doing he's doing such good work and shows the the strength of feeling that he has, and that so many other Trump fans. You look around that ground yesterday, you 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 would have seen. So many, so many people in black and white scarves. They all, almost to the extent that they would almost outnumber the people not wearing them. If this, um, uh, if if anything good to come out of this uh, situation at the moment is the unity of the fans, um, which uh, which I you know sometimes you, you get the hairs on the back of your neck stand up when you see so many fans coming together and, and doing something as one. Mm. Uh, it's a shame it's a protest, of course, but um, even so, um, I'm pleased about that side of things. Yeah, uh, definitely. So the only dissenting voices we really heard yesterday were people who said they were slightly un- maybe underwhelmed by the the announcement of the flash protest just yeah. being quite a yeah. quite quite a tame start, perhaps in terms of it's, there's there's no bricks going through windows or anything like that. No, but well, obviously, obviously, that's never going to be the case. That's, that's, gonna, not, it's, that's it's, not Charlton, yeah, anyway. It's, it's got to it's got to be a bit of civil unrest, and as we said, it's got to be. 
something that's um, you know sh- shaking things up behind the scenes and making it difficult for the club. And you know, I, I have to admit, I was slightly disappointed in p- p- seeing people really going after Card. Like, one or two tweets, and I'm a bit disappointed by it. It's a bit slightly underwhelming. People carrying on going, "Oh, this is rubbish. This is nothing. You've done nothing." So, well, it's quite easy to say that from behind your Twitter screen yeah, when you haven't yeah. spent all week on you know gone to the effort that these people have to try and make protests, and they've made. A, a start, and they've made a lot of good work. I mean, there were some funny tweets about it. To be fair, yeah. uh, it's, um, I think uh, you know, standard Liège fans um, uh, protest, and uh, and uh, we we don't buy sandwiches. You know, <laughs> it's uh, there, there were quite a few funny ones out there, which I quite enjoy. But uh, uh, generally, it's all uh, I'm guessing it's all about destabilisation and uh, and and embarrassment as well. I think uh, you know because the more it gets into the national media, which I guess is the point, yeah, um, yeah, the more I mean, we uh, we're talked an, about. We had an email in our inbox from from Rick Everett today, a media briefing note. Uh, discussing what uh, card is all about and obviously he wouldn't have just sent it to us he would have sent it to a lot more important people than us and we only sent it during a week and, and yeah there, there was there was i mean there was i've already said or saying off air there's, there was national media in here yes there's yeah. tom barkley from the sun and there was other people here who would not normally be at our games normally it would just be me and the new shopper basically the only thing i you know the only thing that the gut feeling i have is this is going to be a long haul this isn't going to be a five minute job or, or mm. you know we aren't going to get a change in in five months let alone five minutes i think this this could be years uh, so as long as the uh, um you know what they're doing is uh, is sustainable then then great um i don't see why it wouldn't be by the way uh, so uh, that's just my gut feeling by the way hopefully you know i'm i passionately hope that everything gets sorted a lot sooner yeah but so. i have a feeling it might not yeah well let's get back onto the emails um we yeah, started going through Paul Griffiths' one. Yes, uh, I mean he, he mentioned the game obviously, but then moved on to to the protests. And uh, one of the saddest things he says that I've seen that he's seen at the Valley was the sight of a fan being dragged out from having a protest banner, as we've mentioned already, as it was in the next block to us. We witnessed it all. The fan did nothing wrong and was dragged out by a number of heavies for insisting on being able to display his banner. Do we know any more, any, any more about this? I understand he had a season ticket taken away. What next? Will not be allowed in black and white scarves or rolling out stickers. We have a right to a peaceful protest. I saw the banner. It simply said about wanting our club back. Nothing offensive on it at all um well before we move on to the next bit uh, we have already d- sort of discussed that and uh, um the the potential reasoning behind it doesn't doesn't necessarily make it right but uh, and he then goes on with the drive back to Portsmouth after the game and having to pick up my three-year-old and we were not able to join the uh, aftermatch protest but the footage was excellent uh, being back in the car at 5.15, Radio 5 Live went to the reporter at the Valley and not to report on the game, but simply the protest. Great to being uh, national coverage for our troubles. It was mentioned again several times on 5 Live between then and getting home at 8. Added to the excellent article in the Times yesterday morning, we were getting the support of the media and football fans across the country. As quoted in the Times, did Roland really suggest to the players the defence and midfield swap places at half-time? Uh, one can only hope him and Cam uh, uh, leave very soon. Keep up the excellent work and thank you for everything you guys are doing. That's from Paul Griffiths. <laughs> That's the rest of his email. I miss that, I miss that bit about um, Roland asking defence and midfield to swap. To swap. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what that meant. It would certainly fit in with his, uh, with his well, yeah, running uh, of uh, a football uh, club. But, <laughs> um, uh, stranger things have happened, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Stephen Taylor's um, yeah. obviously um, email is about uh, the ejection. He's, uh, he, he mentioned he, he, he's, he emailed this to you particularly. Hi, Louis. Yeah. It says, I saw heavy-handed stewards ejecting a young lad for showing his totally inoffensive banner. I confronted the stewards and asked them why. I was told to mind my own business. The lad's mum was also there and she was in tears. She told me that during the ejection she was hit in the face. Uh, while this may have been an accident, it's not acceptable. I told an over-official steward that I wanted to speak to the police. Eventually they agreed. I explained to them what had happened, but they refused to take any action. I have the police officers' names and numbers, but stewards in questions refused to give me theirs. I questioned why a massive banner was not removed from the away end, and they refused to answer. The lad's mum tells me her son will probably not go to the valley again. I felt so sorry for her. Pick the bones out of it and use what you can. I'll stand by all I've said. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know about the banner at the weigh-in first. I don't know if that if that doesn't cover advertising audio, mm. I suppose that's that would why have been it, the excuse. It, that would yeah. be the reason it wasn't uh, wasn't taken then. I'm, I'm guessing that's the the big reason they're going to give for, uh, for for doing what they mm. what they did. I'd, I don't think it needed um, a team for, you know, one uh, elderly lady and her son, I don't think needs um, a, a range of, you know, seven or eight big um, it's just heavy stewards. Top, right? <laughs> I, I, I've heard talk, people talking about the stewards down at Charlton for years and years being a bit over the top, so maybe you can't maybe you can't really point the finger at the raging there. It's just, the, the, again, the timing of it, uh, it's, it's, it, PR-wise, it doesn't look very good, you know, and there's been plenty of stuff that PR-wise doesn't look very good, uh, unfortunately, here this week and this last couple of years I think if the club wants to uh, start to do anything positive um, then uh, towards the fans, the fans towards the fans, the fans probably off the limits then yeah well, I, you know I, he said it might have been an accident and that you know we have to hope that's the case um, but I think uh, if the club um, I think the club would be uh, um, it would be a great thing let's say if they uh, if they contacted the, the mum and her son and, and built some serious bridges there uh, and uh, uh, and made amends <clears throat> Shall we say? Certainly not to take the season to get away. Yeah. Uh, right. Let's get on to. Um, uh, there's an email here from from Paul Williams. This is uh, relating to something I sort of already alluded to on the show today, but mm. I wanted to talk about. It. He came out in the Voice of the Valley today uh, on Rick Everett's website. Basically, he's got insider info that the club have uh, had discussions about looking to uh, redevelop the Jimmy Seed stand to include um, uh, some flats. He didn't. He, he wasn't sure. He couldn't say how many. He couldn't say where they exactly they would be, but. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. We've we obviously never had any form of development like that on, on the valley before in terms of living space. And when you think about how you try and fit in flats into the space behind the Jimmy Seed stand, you know, you, you do wonder if that would possibly mean that if we wanted to then extend the stand further, we wouldn't be able to because we'd have to try and knock people's houses that down. And, that, and that could potentially be a bit of a, a, a show of a lack of ambition, which certainly this club have been accused of a fair few times recently. Uh, a fair few times in its total history, by the <laughs> way. Um, yeah, it's the first I've heard of it. I mean, I'm just trying to read up on it now, and uh, it um, it's a strange one. Really, is a strange one. I don't I don't get it uh, at all. Um, but unless you see the plans, I mean, you know, other clubs when they've got ambition, they stick a hotel in the back, the back of a stand, mm. uh, and you then they can utilise that hotel for all sorts of functions and still sell it, sell rooms uh, on a boat. Now, whether or not anybody would want to live, uh, stay in an hotel right next to a football ground uh, in South East London, I'm not sure. But, well, um, I think if, if for away fans come into a game, I mean, like, for instance, yesterday, my Blackburn mascot, they'd driven down Friday, stayed in Docklands Friday night there. For them, that would have been ideal. But, sorry, Terry. No, 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 you carry on. Uh, it's, and, and You're right, actually, when you think about it, because we've got the holiday in in Greenwich there's not too many others I don't think it's down the apparently uh, <laughs> yeah have you ever uh, I can't say I have no. <laughs> not, sure, not sure I ever will um, so you know it's a possibility you know if if ambitions are, are, are there then that would make some sense to me selling them as flats makes no sense at all unless you know, depending on how it's done I mean we, we, I have no idea how it could be and where they would put them either. I'm I think what... Same as... And anyway, by the way, you've got the high-rise flats right behind us anyway. You've got that massive tower. Mm. Well, it's not massive, but you know what I mean. You've got the t- tower block. I think... The flats one side. The, the only way I could see it happening is like very much like Leighton Orient, where it is literally the same height as the stand. That's weird. In the corners. But then I've read the article earlier when Louis, Louis was talking about it, and um, it said that apparently years ago when Peter... Barney was in charge and we were in talks with Greenwich about extending the ground. 
that was going to be an option that we were going to have residential within within the structure but they would only be able to be used for Charlton staff or people that like work for the club so players or whatever so in that respect they're not going to make any money from it because I can't imagine that staff would pay to live in their workplace yeah I can't see that either so I'm not sure, and they're, obviously it's I mean, in there, put, they're not sure if that would still be a, a, um, a You could put players in there, I suppose, couldn't you? Yeah, I mean, short term for players that have just, just come over, they're coming on loan but or that whatever wouldn't, it is. that wouldn't give you, any, not, re- that wouldn't no give you any revenue, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Rick's, uh, Rick's piece here says the potential significance for the future of the Valley is that once lengthy residential leases have been sold, it would be virtually impossible to reclaim full control of that area of the ground, which has by far the biggest potential for future spectator expansion and that's uh paul bennett has said something similar on the on the tweets he says plan for jimmy seed stand another roadblock to long-term ambitions that would mean stadium couldn't grow in the future hashtag roland out so that's obviously it's only really sort of come out today that story but that's what the general p- feeling that people are getting and it's, like, it's certainly not something that Charlton are used to i think i think at one of these other clubs st Truden, perhaps he has he has a lot of stuff built into the stands like offices perhaps maybe flats but so he's obviously trying to do something similar here but for me if you try and look at the other clubs around the UK that have flats. The only one I can think of is Leighton Orient. Like I say, there are other ones with hotels, but it's, it's not quite the same, really, is it? No, it's not at all. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and because uh, there's still... You, pretty much, you've got Chelsea, obviously, which is huge. Um, Red, is it Reading? Reading's the other one, isn't it? Reading's mm-hmm. got yeah. one. Blackpool have got a Black- hotel. Yeah, yeah and, and none of them... Uh, Blackpool possibly aside. In Norwich have as well, the holiday. And, if yeah. you build it right, you, you know, the stand itself doesn't look affected. It's still, it can be a two-tier stand that, uh, that houses uh, 6,000 fans. Six, maybe seven thousand. So we can add another three thousand to the ones that are already there, and then building uh, a hotel behind it or something behind it, um, and then we can use those for because you know our conference facilities are all right, but they're not. Uh, you know, you can, you know, certain events are fairly um, restricted because it's quite a narrow space uh, in, the, in in around the valley. Whereas the, theoretically, if you had a hotel, you'd have a much bigger space. So uh, putting residential flats there tends to limit its future, I think. Um, so uh, that's. I'm just, I'm just thinking as you're talking about that, actually, that I, in some respects I think they probably possibly could be quite desirable in terms of with the new cross rail going in, quicker transport links into London. As I long mean, as you're allowed to like keep the curtains closed cu- when we're playing, basically. <laughs> a yeah. couple of minutes away from Charlton Station. Um, but is it in the best interest of what the club want, of what... Charlton fans want is the question. Oh, oh I, I can't imagine that any of them would be. I can't see, yeah, I, I, the only thing I see is that people are really going to start getting worried uh, now, and if they weren't paranoid before, they certainly will be, because uh, one of the uh, uh, the big thing, things is that ultimately an owner, whoever it might be, might take us away from here, you know, after fighting so hard to get back mm. um, and sell it for residential. Now, it wasn't able to in the past. Um, one of the big things that Glickstein couldn't do was sell the land for, for development because the council wouldn't let them. Whether or not, because obviously now's, now's a different time, whether or not that would still be a, uh, an obstruction, I don't know. And so once you start building residential places in and around the ground, um, there you've then set a precedent for redeveloping all of it, if you get my drift. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that would be a concern. All right, let's, uh, let's hop back onto the emails. Uh, Lisbon's email, I read the first half earlier. Uh, his second half is about the protesters again. He says, I can't sign off without saying how proud I am that so many fans turned out and were so well behaved. Brilliant support for our club. How Catherine Mary can stay in a CEO when on her watch her club has 
disintegrated to this state is beyond belief. She has to go as there is no way back for her. Not even with better results, she is finished. Um, See, that's something that we've been... do Do you think that Katrine could ever rescue her relationship with the Chancellor supporters after what's been said? Oh, this will be difficult, absolutely. Um, not impossible, yeah. probably. Um, you couldn't say it's but, uh, you know, <laughs> sounding very callous, uh, we all would love a, a victorious winning side. So uh, if we, uh, if by some, uh, you can call it fluke, miracle, whatever you want, but if by some design we manage to turn this around and then suddenly go rampant for a, a couple of seasons and do end up in a premiership, Maybe, but would, would, do you think? Do you think this piece of audio will just forever uh, fans haunt her? Don't see themselves as customers. That could forever haunt her. That oh, that, you know, that, that was a, a foot in mouth job. No question yeah. about it. Uh, there are several things like that. Whether you forget about them when uh, the only look, the only way you can come back from anything like that is is to uh, um, show uh, a different side uh, and show that uh, by actions uh, winning fans back, and that's it's that simple. Whether whether that's possible now, I, I can't I can't answer that. Only probably actually only Catherine can answer that. Yeah, well, uh, we'll see. Um, do you think she should have apologised for these comments? I think she, maybe explanation would have been would have been better. Yeah, yeah I think um, it's probably now too late. I would guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, look, I've, I've I've watched all of that, and I don't think I've commented on this before. Uh, I've watched all of that. Um, um, what this bit uh, here? Thing in uh, Dublin, uh, fans yeah. don't see themselves as customers. That one, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've watched it all, and uh, she was beside an American guy who's who's uh, behind the franchising of all the football clubs in the states for their league and getting them on track so um i think uh, possibly being caught up in that sort of s- scenario um that uh, she you know she used phrases like that that were complete like this one like, uh, uh, fans don't see themselves as customers I'm getting bored now. Uh, <laughs> I haven't got earphones on so I have no, no, no idea yeah. what you're talking about. Good. Um i think um uh, she, yeah, she. I think it, hopefully when she's looking back and thinking, oh, yeah, that was wrong. Um, don't. No, I'm ejecting. I'm pressing ejecting. I thought he was going to push play again. Um, so um, I think being caught up in the moment. It's not an excuse, by the way. But uh, yes, I think an explanation as, as to, to, to how that came about would what? have been all right. But... I thought there was. I thought there was a something released to say that I don't know, she'd explained. Yeah, right. No, no, she never came out and explained that. I don't think so. No. So what have I read that said that she said because it was. Uh, um, it was like a commercial marketing yeah. no, forum thing and that she was speaking in context of reaching out to customers and all those sorts of things. Yeah, it, sure it, it certainly hasn't come from the club. It's, uh, I mean, I, I played devil advocate uh, again <laughs> with, with that thing and I, I even suggested that might have been it. But like I say, I still think she should have come out and perhaps explained. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to research that because if she has done that, then fine. No, uh, I'm certain she hasn't. Okay. Would have um, heard about it. But, uh, yeah, it, it's... In 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 isolation, probably people would have thought, "Oh God, <laughs> do you know what I mean?" Oh, look what's happened now, and not cared. But um, the fact that it, in amongst everything else, mm. it's just magnified out of mm. uh, out of all proportion. I suppose, well, not proportion. But I think if we we'd still been doing well, and we hadn't had like as many changes in managers, potentially people would have just been like, "Oh, whatever," and just carried on as it, usual. It but doesn't think, help like from the say, situation we're in with mm. with everything that's going on. Um, and again and I'm probably sound like I'm defending her again but that whole that whole thing that was a snapshot of whatever 20 minutes but it's not it's not like the it's 20 minutes and there's there's no context that makes it I haven't watched it yeah no I have and and, and, yeah it wasn't the only um, 
Uh, got another bit. Yeah, yeah, no, okay, good. <laughs> it wasn't the only thing that was said that, that got everybody's backs up. It, it was, um, it, it came across as not understanding. That's basically how it comes across. Okay. It's not really understanding football fans and, and an affinity to a football club, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, that I can I can sort of understand that up to a point because uh, I've got other people who have no interest in football have uh, look at me in total amazement that I've travelled to Huddersfield oh, God, uh, yeah. or travelled to Hull or tra- do you know what I mean? And people yeah. look at me. You do yeah. what? We've all got friends like that. Do you know what I mean? We? And so you know, people who haven't got an affinity with any sort of sport or any football club like that don't get it. And so I can understand why people don't get it. What I don't understand, what I understand a bit less is is saying it, um, yeah. and uh, that uh, that you know uh, that would have been nice to see that addressed. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, just finish off uh, Lisbon's emo said. Uh, <clears throat> uh, also yesterday, I saw someone taken out by the stewards. I think for hanging a harmless banner. What was was this? Was that the case? If so, it's disgusting. Uh, it's also cowardly for uh, Mayor and, and Murray to vacate their usual seats. They could have kept the fans on side by simply communicating. They are both a total disgrace, in my opinion. So that was uh, Robert Lisbon's, uh, uh, Robin Lisbon, sorry, uh, email to us uh, yesterday. Uh, right, I, f- I think I've, have we gone through all of them? Uh, yes, yes, we, yes, we have through all the emails. Um, I think I think it's probably time to wrap up. Norm- normally now we go through all the tweets, and uh, unfortunately, like we said, we haven't been able to go out live uh, this evening. So we're sorry that you've had to only been able to listen to us uh, on a podcast. But uh, we hope you've enjoyed uh, this podcast anyway, and hopefully our server guy will be able to unhack his server. Uh, in time for next Sunday's show. We'll be back, of course, on Thursday evening with the big match preview as we look ahead to the massive, massive, massive game uh, with Rotherham on uh, on next Saturday. So I guess it's just time to, to thank uh, Tel for coming in. Thanks, Terry. Cheers, Louis. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Sue, for coming over. Thanks, Louis. I've been your host, Louis Mendes. This has been Charlton, not live, but <laughs> hopefully we'll be back uh, next week. <laughs> Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.